0: Hi, welcome to Stammer Stories. My name is William Levin and I'm your host and founder of this podcast. In this podcast we talk about stammering from all perspectives. I'll be talking to people who stammer, people who work in the stammering field, and people who have a genuine interest in the topic. Today I I am joined by Pete, who's going to be talking about his stammer, but also how his stammer affects him in his job. So Pete, welcome to the podcast. Hi. So, Pete, can you just in, introduce yourself and tell the viewers what you do for a living? My name is Pete. Um,
1: I'm an engineer. Um, I work for a company called NEO, um, they're an electric um, car company. Um, and my role at NEO is I'm an um, a, a aerodynamics and thermal engineer. So, I'm some sort of responsible for the uh, thermal development of the
0: vehicle. Um, i've been at neo for about six months now wow that's fascinating and you stammer, so let's talk about your stammer when did you realize that you first had your stammer but also how was it when you were younger
1: um so i've had a stammer for as long as i can remember really um i sort of i've had it since i was teeny tiny um i've had it um both actually me and my twin brother um both have stamina um, really yeah so i'm 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 a twin um and we, we had various language issues um growing up actually um so we actually apparently to talk to my parents we developed our own language um but that brought with it sort of uh language issues and sort of uh, i'd say probably um sort of learning issues um And so I've had that stammer since I could remember. Um, I have vague recollections of going to speech therapy. So so I certainly remember going out of school at lunchtime and sort of uh, going to the speech therapy classes. Um, That was sort of when I was in primary school. Um, And it's affected me sort of going into secondary school because once I went into secondary school, I didn't really have that support. didn't have the speech therapy. and that's the sort of place where kids can be kids, and kids can be quite mean. And when, when you find it difficult to say your own name, um, I think that's uh, it's one of the toughest things I remember. And sort of people say, "What's your name?" And then I go, "My name is," Herb, and really fight to get it out. Um, so it's uh, it's been difficult at times when I was in school.
0: Yeah, I can completely relate to that. And I remember going out to like skipping, not skipping a school, but going out of school to go to speech therapy. But it just felt, because of it, to me, it just felt like normal. Like that was part of my routine. Every, that day of the week, it just felt on my routine, like I knew it was happening. And it was just really interesting just hearing that your twin also stammers. And I've heard that it's, some people have it when it's genetic. So I've had ed bulls on and, his dad stammered, but his dad didn't realise he stammered until Ed realised he stammered. How's your brother's stammer compared to yours?
1: Um, so mine was definitely worse. I did speech therapy for longer than him. Um, I can't quite remember how much longer, um, but we both stammer and um, we both stammer on different sort of words. Really, like I, there's certain words that I find difficult and s- certain sort of sounds, um, but speak to a lot of people these days that that people at least they say that they can't hear that I stammer um, and I'm always quite surprised by that because uh, for me for me it's really obvious but I think that's one of the things where it's really obvious for yourself but other people just don't really hear it or they hear it but it's not an issue for them.
0: Um, That's really interesting to because I was having that exact conversation because I'm always conscious of my stammer. Like, I'm always thinking about every sentence. I think, oh, will I stammer or And I was talking to my hairdresser and she's been cutting my hair for years and she only told me this week that for well, the first, until I told her that I stammered, she had no idea that I stammered. I and mean, then she was quite surprised when I told her. But I was, I'm very conscious of it. So I think everyone who I talk to is aware that I stammered. But when someone says, oh, you stammer, it, may, it really confuses me. Because it means, how does my stammer come across to you if if you don't think, or how bad does it have to be for my stammer to be, for you to portray it? And it's, sadly, like we said, stammering has, like, had bullying. like I used to say, for the class register, because my name's William, my name at the end of a register so the whole class would say my name really quick snappy and then when it came to my name it would be oh um it's the silence because i would stand saying my name like you had and they would say what's your name when you couldn't say it out and so you found different techniques but can you tell me a time when you struggled with your stammer and how you overcame that situation um so
1: I think sometimes when I'm struggling with my stammer, um, I sort of, I, it's one of those things that I probably can't remember any of the techniques that I was taught at, um, at speech therapy, but I think I've sort of almost developed different techniques or different ways of dealing with it. So I sort of find that my P's become, P is a word that I struggle with slightly, that they sort of become more like B's sometimes. So I'm saying pizza and um it, it turns into a little bit like beta. Um, so so sort of that's one way that I've dealt with it. Um, but that's not really deliberate. It's just sort of just happened really. Um, one of my other ways of sort of being in meetings at Jaguar Land Rover, sometimes I find this sort of the, the stammer happens and I, I can feel in my head, I can feel a word that I'm gonna say but I think I'm going to stammer and I have to sort of quickly think about a different word to say instead, or so I'll be halfway through saying a word and really struggling with it and just say, um, in, instead of automobile, say car or something, just switch to a completely different word that has the same, um, same meaning um, and sort of just, just take a breath sometimes as well, just, just sort of relax. Um, so that's, that's
0: what I try and do really. Yeah, like I'm like I try and change words. So if I know I'm going to say say a stammer word, that word will be changed instantly when my head clicks that whole stammer. Like mine's more when it's got a block after the words of so it's an H or an A or I. Like sometimes I like I's are quite hard because it's sort of like a odd sort of transition into the next to the next bit of the word. But I've can completely agree agree like how in like, different situations it's harder than others and you then especially when it surprises you as well like I've had a guest on before called Haley Hassel who's a BBC 5 live journalist and she was saying how when she presents her normal show it's done as because she can sort of controls like what she says but when she's reading out the news bulletins she has to read that word for word And that's when she may stammer in her job because it's redoing someone else's words. She's like, I can't change that breaking news headline or I can't change the wording. So do you find it harder if you're like doing a presentation that someone else may have prepared? Do you find that harder than if you had prepared a presentation yourself? Um, Yeah, I mean, I think for me, the hardest time is
1: it's is like you say when I'm surprised and when I'm shocked or when I'm under a little bit of pressure so it is that, that that thing where I can imagine myself people are saying their names and I'm dreading it because it's coming to me and I know that I'm under pressure and I need to say something and I I don't want to sound silly and I've had people when I was younger what's your name and I'm going and people go do you not know your, your name and that really sort of makes me see inside and sort of, of course I know my name. I've just got a stammer. Um, and so, sort of, and that's not even kids saying that that's adults that should know better, but I mean that was sort of maybe 20 years ago now, but still yeah. it's that sort of thing that is just, that's, that's the irritating thing sometimes that people, people, some people have loads of patience and they're really good with it and don't, um, sort of don't do anything, but it's, it's those people that just, I, I, I remember one time in JLR that I was presenting um, some reports to people that in 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 the company, and there's some some people I think they take a stammer to be like you're maybe unsure of yourself, or not really sure what you're saying. And I've grown in confidence enough that I was able to say to that person that like I'm completely sure what I'm what I'm saying. I've just got a stammer, so please be quiet. And so, um, and so he, he quickly apologized. Um, but it's, yeah, people, some people can be really good and some people can be, be really bad with it. Um,
0: yeah, like I had. So I think what's wrong with you? Why can't you say your name? Is the hardest thing you could say to someone who's done because my name's William, I can say it fluently. 90%, 98% of the time, but about like 2% and I can't say my name is likely to be in front of someone who I don't know. And in a different situation too. I, I was doing a job assessment day and I, the assessors was like, oh, the in told group tells the assessors was old. Like, oh, I'll go around saying names, And for some reason, I just couldn't say my name. I, I've said it three times already that morning part of the assessment day. And for some reason, in this group, my brain, my stamina just wouldn't let me say a name. And one of the other candidates said, oh, can't you say your own name? And I, my brain, i than getting angry. I I was like, bring it on, mate. I was like, I'm now more competitive than I was a few minutes ago. And I was like, you should never say that to someone. A, in a job interview to another candidate, but B you never know what someone's going through because I I could have just been nervous about the task or, and it was, so I was revved up. Like my, I thought I can't get down, but I'm going to use this as fuel to get me and the assessor pulled. So, and then we basically went into like one-on-one chats with a lot of different assessors and the assessor in that group picked me specifically. was like, I just wanted to pull you aside to say what how you handle that situation was really good for us to see because we because they were like a recruitment provider for apprentices. They were like, We saw that and you've got it over him because we can't he can't do that in the workplace. And we know that if you can stand up to that, you will be able to do it, handle that in the workplace. And it was really interesting how straight through my brain, I never felt emotions, sad emotions for it, or any negative emotions for that situation, and I still don't now, because it still just gives me a massive adrenaline rush but I was, once a few years ago, at Baker Street tube station, I've told the story before on my podcast many times but I was lost, flustered late for a meeting and that's when my stance was worse, when I'm running late, I'm not running on schedule I couldn't find a platform and I was I went up to a two person. So I need to get to this X station. What way he just pointed over there? It wasn't that helpful, but I just thought worth well, shot. And then I went back and I said, I'm really sorry. I'm. can you just tell me again? I couldn't really understand what you meant. So so I was stammering quite a lot because I was quite under nerves because I was running late for my meeting. I was quite anxious. And he was like, he rolled his eyes whilst I was stammering. And he said, as I told you the first time, you need to cross the concourse to go to the other side of the platform and cross there. He never told me this the first time. Then he told me to F off after. And he, other people were around me. No one came up to me after. They saw him roll his eyes when I was stammering. And then I tried to complain to TFL. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. They, they said, oh, we can't um, recollect that person who was on that, who you're referring to. Because like, surely you have a detail of who was on that platform at that time. they're like, no, so I just dropped the case. like, we can't help you. Didn't even get a refund for my ticket, even. <laughs> So but it's weird how now it's all of more like the off comment rather than like someone being malicious, like towards just done making fun of it, it's more like the odd comments when you get older. It's not like mean comments as such. So you spoke about your job, but I'd love to ask you more about about it in more detail but also how is that affects you in daily life around your job. So I mean I've I've had
1: Three different jobs, sort of um, growing up, or sort of three professional jobs. My first job was uh, for a really small company, um, sort of like a consultancy, and um, it, it was it it was good there because I didn't have to deal with people on the phone. I didn't have to. I was petrified of answering the phone because it's one of those high pressure situations where you have to immediately start people expect you to start speaking um and sort so that, that sort of thing was difficult um but i didn't have to deal with customers directly and everything was via email so that so that was that was quite good for me in some sort of sense but um i joined zagrolander about seven years ago um, and to me that was one of those jobs that puts me in those uncomfortable positions so i was uh, so sort of much, much more likely to have to speak to people face to face and sort of, I, I find face to face to face is okay. Um, sort of it seems a bit easier when you're looking at the person, um, but it has sort of meant that in my role, I, I sort of, I'd be very hesitant to phone someone. So a lot of people like to talk on the phone um, and sort of that interaction with engineers and teams people will say oh just pick up a phone and phone him and I was always a bit like I don't really want to do that I really hate it I'd rather send an email I'd rather sort of go and find them in person so I sort of find it's, it's affected me in that way um, I've always been uh, interviews are super nerve-wracking things but I've always been double on edge because they'll give me an interview they make me make a, a powerpoint presentation I'll have to speak to someone that just makes me so nervous because I know I'm going to stammer and it's going to be difficult to answer questions, but um, so th- that's, yeah, that's been quite difficult for me, but um, uh, sort of my role um sort of, I've been doing aer- aerodynamics and sort of thermal engineering for the last sort of 10, 10, 10 plus years now. Um, and it, it it involves explaining quite complex, problems to people that are usually quite quite switched on but not necessarily in your field so I do have to do a lot of explaining sort of a lot of talking to people um and so I, I found that working at JLR I was able to sort of um get much better at it get more get more confident um and actually that that going out to speak to people and to sort of um get get involved in meetings and things and really was sort of be uncomfortable has, has, has really helped me. Um, and sort of for the first, first, first few weeks at Jaguar Land the first few months or so I was sort of trying to push our case for, um, some sort of problem that we might have, but in front of really senior people at the company, so sort of like directors or sort of chief ch- chief engineers and, um, you, you do, I try to do that with a stamina is sometimes really quite makes, makes me quite nervous because I'm just I'm afraid I'm gonna, I'm not gonna be able to say my words. I'm gonna, they're not gonna think I know what I'm talking about. And um, sort of, I find sort of the, the preparation helps me, um, sort of knowing what I want to say and making sure that I've I've planned it in my head what I'm gonna discuss. Um, and so that's, that has been really good. And then uh, join Neo um about six months ago now and, and again i was petrified about the interview um that that it would be a disaster and sort of it, it did they say you've got 45 minutes to go through it this this powerpoint and i, I remember being told okay you've you've gone over now so you need to sort of, um, wrap it up but i managed to get the job um, and they were really sort of flexible with i've always found that presentations take me a lot longer than they should even if I plan it to be an hour or 30 minutes it will take 40 minutes 45 minutes and um, I find some of that's just me struggling to get it out like struggling to say some of the words um, even, even though I, if I've written a script or sort of gone through it um, sort of the
0: words don't always flow very well um, but uh, yeah good I've can completely understand, like, everything you've just spoken about, like, the presentations, but also just the fear of, like, overrunning, like, you're very conscious about your stomach, especially presenting as well in front of people. In And I'm part of our disability network in my company, and they all know that I have a stomach because hence why I'm part of the group, but it's still that nerve-wracking thing of, especially virtual you can see everyone as well you can see everyone's faces if they're on camera and if they're not on camera you can't see how they're reacting to what you're talking about if you stumble and i've i just find it fascinating like did you find it hard going from your small company to a big company when you did that change were you thinking about your stammer as well? Like, were you thinking, how will my stammer be different working for a bigger organisation compared to a smaller one that I'm currently in now? Um, To be honest, no, I I, I
1: think... I think I wasn't really worried about my stammer. Um, I think I was sort of under the impression that I stammer, I know I stammer, and I wasn't worried it was going to affect me in any way um, sort of different a big company or a small company um, because I think really as an engineer uh, so I'm only really dealing with a, a few people sort of around me and so even if I work for a big company like like Will is massive I'm only really dealing within my own little department or um, sort of sometimes in bigger larger meetings I might be dealing with, with more people but it was it, it's one of the things I I certainly didn't think about it at the time. I didn't I didn't move jobs because of my stammer, I didn't move jobs and worried about my stammer. It, it would never really came up. I mean, I've I never really thought about my stammer really. Like it's never been really something that um until fairly recently, until the um you know the the um documentary that came out that I sort of I only. Mean, I know other people stammer but I've never ever really heard myself and my twin brother stammer so I've never really thought of it stammering as something that other people do um, yeah. so me and my brother do a stammer um, but obviously there's a few
0: more of us out there Look, there's the stats, in that there. there's around 1.5 million people in, in, in the UK who stammer and the stats are Like it's a really unique topic. What I find interesting is that it's a really unique topic and it's quite a rare topic. However, you're guaranteed to find someone who you you know in your inner circle who A, stammers or B, knows someone who stammers. And which I think surely the stat should be higher, but maybe you just get drawn. But I work with a PR agency and Charlotte, the main person who I deal with. I was saying, have you come across anyone else with a stammer before? Or did you know anyone who stammered because she's come across different people? She said, no, you're the first person who I've ever come across who stammers. Despite being in a PR agency with different talents, different talents. She said, the only stammering I know is the King's Speech. She was like, maybe my friend's stammer, but I've just not noticed it. Like It's not something that I look out for, but it's not something that I judge people for as well. I mean, the, sorry. i oh not I was just, I was, I was always curious about.
1: Do you know when you, so you, you might share something about a standard, and you get the person that says, "I never knew you standard." I, I always look at that comment, and I can never quite believe it. Yeah. I'm never sure if the person is being really nice, or, or if they're genuine. And I think that's sort of part of my self-confidence. That I, I think my confidence is the biggest thing that. That causes the stammer, um, and so sort of especially causes when it's when it's really bad. When like I have a little bit of a words that don't come out, but sometimes I have a word that I just can't say it, and that's sort of confidence and sort of stress, and it, it definitely at times my stammer made me really lack confidence. I think because I'll be and like uh, like it it. Yeah, so, so sometimes I do find that the, the, the stammer death definitely did affect my confidence, um, and sort of it makes makes me more nervous for things, and makes me that people might judge me differently, um, but
0: sort of slowly trying to grow out of that and that, and sort of change. When do you... So I'm someone who just gets it out of a blue straight away. So I uh, literally with my the first paragraph that I told my man in my first paragraph that I met my manager in person, my first other job was like just going to say it now I do stand up. I may need extra time and I speak, but nothing's wrong with my voice and it's even on my CV that I stand by because I'm because I think some people sometimes people can see as nerves. So especially in like job interviews, people may think it oh, does very nervous maybe they won't be suited for a public thing for a people facing role if they're nervous but actually it's does my stammer. i'm not a nervous person in front of people but maybe that may come across do you have you told your team that you stammer?
1: um no i've never really
0: sort of directly gone out and told
1: someone um i've sh- i've shared things on linkedin about Stammering and sort of the odd post, but I've never sort of it, it, It's it's not on my CV. It, it's not something that I've ever mentioned. Um, and I think that's sort of partly because I feel it's got to a level where I don't feel my stammer's that bad. Like, so sort of, I see people with a stammer that is constant. So sort of, I I feel like my stammer is sort of it comes and goes. Like I I have a I, I regularly will stammer on words, and there are words that I know that. Cause me issues, but I can I can have ninety percent of my conversation, fortunately, without having a without having a stammer,
0: as a stammer. Yeah, and when you feel down, when we were first talking to each other about your episode, you mentioned that you're sometimes quite nervous about doing public speaking, but you would like to help help that and be less nervous public speaking. Have you found any techniques that have helped you with this, or? what advice do you have to other people who are sort of nervous about doing public speaking but want to do it more um
1: uh, I, I i find for me sort of the thing that helps the most is just practicing it really and sort of being being sure of what i'm going to say um, and, and so that's, that's the only really thing for the public speaking that i've uh, um, sort of try to do is that if I if if I know I'm going to present something in public, I try and make sure that sort of I know what I'm, I'm going to say really. Um, and I do I probably avoid public speaking, so um, I, I I try and do it as little as as little as possible really. Um, and I, th- I think I think one of my techniques is when I when I, when I am presenting, something, I I, I would, would have written myself a script which has exactly what I'm going to say on it and sort of um, uh, we'll, we'll go through that but sometimes I find that if I'm struggling with that script I'll happily change it and I always sort of think to myself only I know what's on my script if I don't say everything that I've written down then n- n- then nobody else is going to realise that I've sort of missed off something so I'm sort of not afraid of Slightly changing what I say, um, obviously for some things that would be more important. Um, but um, I, th- I think sort of practicing is is the thing that I, I really have to do because I find that if I haven't practiced it, then my stamina would be a lot worse. Um,
0: and sort
1: of if I'm not confident in what I'm going to say, then it sort of it definitely gets
0: worse. And how have you found? virtual presenting do you find it easier presenting virtually or in person um
1: th- i'm trying to think i yeah i i think probably much the same actually uh, presenting virtually and presenting in person um yeah I, I don't find it much different um fortunately for me it's been uh, okay whether i'm presenting virtually or, or um, presenting in person, um, I find actually maybe there's a small thing of I maybe prefer virtually because it's certainly in in JLR you sometimes present and there are there are a lot of people around the table so people attend meetings and um, they're not always required or, or sort of they're, um, they're just there to wait for their bit so you, you you get nervous because there's maybe ten or fifteen people in the meeting. Um, and you, sort of, you don't know who everybody is and you, you get nervous that way so that if I get nervous my stomach gets worse um, but with the online meetings um, you can't really see how many people are attending you, you're not looking at all the faces so sometimes I maybe find the, the online meetings are, slight, are probably, slight, probably slightly easier um, which is good because obviously um, in NEO I, I deal with a lot of people in uh, China um, so, um, uh, so it would be difficult to meet them in in person these days. Yeah.
0: And oh, God, I can believe I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, completely hey. distracted me. <laughs> there's a car outside making lots of noise. Um, I, I've realised that from doing a like different media interviews, it's really weird how. Yeah. I can. When you do certain media interviews virtually, you can't see the presenter on camera. You can because it goes through so many different channels. So I was doing one for BBC News, like it's BBC News TV, and it's really weird. You can't see the presenter, and you can only see a big BBC News logo, but you can see yourself. So it's like, where do you look? But also, you can't tell how the presenters reacting. But also. You can't tell when the other guest is going to speak as well. So you really have to learn to like judge like when the conversation's finishing or when the sentence is coming to end because you just can't sense it at all. And it's I find sometimes like the waiting room, like beforehand, just gives you massive anxiety of just waiting for it to basically go, you're in the call now. Let's go just waiting for that call or waiting for that meeting. But but I, what I realise is that I sometimes also would rather go either at the start or at the end than under of a presentation. So I know I'm either getting it done straight away, or I know mine's going to be the last segment, so I can sort of relax the middle bit and not sort of waiting for the middle bit to come, knowing when to expect it. I know to expect it at the start or the end of the meeting. Not sure about it, it just sort of relaxes my stomach for knowing if it's at the start or the end. Have you found that like you would either prefer it to just get it done over with, or at the end that you know that okay, I'm the last one. People have done their bit, so now it's just my bit to go, and then that's all.
1: Yeah, I, I think I would I would agree. I'd certainly with. Um... Doing public speaking, it you need like sort of presenting a project or something. You just, I just want to get up there, finish it, get it over and done with, and get off the stage. You know, like I would just want to just do it quickly. Um, so yeah, I definitely would like usually usually would like to go first. Maybe not first because I'm a person who goes first. is always a bit nervous, but sort of quite close to the start. Um, so yeah, I, I I do find that. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd like to present things first. Oh, always, um, sorry, um, in in sort of these engineering meetings, um, they're, they're usually agended. So I'll, I'll discuss my my item at twelve ten, say, um, and so I always find myself getting super nervous at you're sitting in the meeting and it's eleven forty, eleven fifty oh no I'm going to have to speak soon and then sort of it's 12.10 and you find out that your meeting's a bit delayed they're, they've, they're, they're running late and so I'm even sort of sweating and sort of talk in a few minutes and then my, my time finally comes and usually it's fine I just I just do my bit tell someone something's really good or something's really bad usually our typical things are bad um, to improve them yeah, that's, um, it's always that anxiety of knowing that you're going to speak, and in, instead of really, really soon,
0: and then right, go ahead. So,
1: yeah, it's, it's my turn now.
0: How have you found? Like, the pandemic has affected everyone in different ways, but like I, the pandemic has surprised me about myself because I was starting to stammer on new words, working from home, but also it made me really learn to. Live with my stammer, like really adapt to does. Okay, it's happening but really own it as, well. and learning new techniques that I know that will make me comfortable. How have you found your pandemic with your stammer? Um, I th- I think for me the the pandemic's probably had
1: little effect on my stammer. Um, other than the the slight move to um online sort of a um video conferences and things um, I, I, th- I think it's not really affecting me too much because I've got a wife and a child here so I've got the same interactions that I would have had pre-pandemic and um, maybe seeing a, a lot more of my wife and child uh, than, than, uh, than other people but um, it's certainly it's certainly not been that bad for me um, uh, for me uh, personally.
0: Oh, and this is a question that I always ask my guests, but I don't give you warning about. When you think of someone famous who stammers, who do you think of? Why? Uh, I
1: I probably don't ever really think of anyone famous that stammers. Uh, sort of, I know there's probably famous people that stammer, but I've never really sort of identified. With them, uh, sort of, I, I know Michael Palin suffered from st- stammering. Sort of, um, he's obviously got the King's Speech, but I, 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 don't really. If 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 you said think, well, you just said it. <laughs> um, no one really comes to mind. Like I wouldn't say any one person. I go, yeah, he's definitely got a, a stammer. So probably just Michael Palin.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you some names that may surprise you. Say so Ed, Ed Ed Sheeran. He's he's stammers, stammers. Um, we got Joe Biden, Ed Balls. We got James L. Jones, who did Darth Vader. Rowan Atkinson, which is which may sort of make you think about his Mr Bean character, not talking. That may be. Oh, so.
1: Sorry. Um, uh, Atkinson went to the same school as me.
0: Apparently. Really. Yeah, same, same type of school. Oh, fun fact. And but also, there, there are some people where you just don't expect, like, um, like Marilyn Monroe, her famous breathy tones or her were her tech were her techniques for her stammer, and like just her softer tones were her way of talking, but also Elvis Presley. So, I think people that you just don't really expect from, and there's surprisingly quite a lot of people who are in the music industry who stammer but I realise that if you lots of people who stammer and if they sing they don't stammer when they sing at all like we're seeing this TikTok and as someone was saying do you stammer when you sing and she's going no I don't stammer when I voice when I lip sync I don't stammer when I talk to myself it's just really weird how our brain sort of works in in that way so to round off this episode, I've got my last question for you. If you could give three, give three pieces of advice to someone who stammers, and three and three pieces of advice to someone who doesn't stammer, what what would they be? Um, so I think the piece
1: of advice for someone that doesn't stammer, I think the, the first one piece of advice I would give is don't think of those sentences. like that's really annoying. <laughs> um the second advice i guess is just be patient and don't uh, don't try and force someone to to to, to, to sort of to, to to hurry someone up or sort of make um make a big issue about it um the third one um i, I sort of probably to sort of put for the person that doesn't stammer sort of to try and put themselves in the person that does stammer's shoes so sort of like that person is pretty stressed trying to trying to say what they're going to say um, so sort of be a bit mindful of your actions and um, sort of try and be a bit more considerate sometimes um, I think for people that do stammer I I think I'd probably say I think the thing I'm starting to realise is that a lot of people don't realise that people stammer um, they certainly don't realise or they certainly really don't care I've I, I found that a lot of people that various people I work for have not noticed and have only noticed when I've said something um, I've Um, probably the the second thing I would say to someone is people stammer all over the world Um, I was my my wife's from Indonesia um, and I'm currently learning in uh, learning Indonesian um, which is a bit of a challenge because I stammer on words that I'd never say there's there's, there's new words for me to stammer on and so the, the guy teaching me Indonesian said they have a word for stammering in Indonesian, which unfortunately is a word that I stammer on. So like it's, a, uh, uh, it's, a, uh, it's the hard, I think the hard G for me is very difficult and there's two hard Gs in a row um, and it's Ooh. a gagak.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a, oh, a nice stammer friendly word.
1: Yeah. So, and I, I just found that ironic that the word for stammering in, 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 indonesian i i almost can't say like uh, um it's so that's the thing that i i I think there's a lot of people that stammer and it's not it's it's not just you and it's not just me and it's not just me and my twin um, which is something i've sort of come to realize now um and i guess the third thing that i'd say to people is um sort of develop techniques to get around it so i I sort of try and switch in different words I can feel myself trying to stammer I stop and just repeat what I've said so like if if I'm struggling to say something I sort of notice that you did the same thing that you sort of you know you you can't say a certain word and you just stop and sort of start again Um, I find that I I would often instead of saying if someone asked me what what is your name instead of just replying Peter I might reply with sort of a longer way of saying it, almost so like I can roll it into sort of the word I'm saying. So I, I find myself saying, "My name is Peter," rather than just "Peter," so it sort of puts me under less pressure. So sort of um, develop, um, developed ways to help help you do help you deal with it. Um, that's probably the three things that I would say, people.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure a story but also i guess was a sort of a step for you with your public speaking as well like coming on talking about your stomach so i really appreciate that but also for your your interest in coming on as well so thank you so much for having me.
1: yeah that's right yeah if you asked me in school if i would go on uh like an interview or a podcast i would have said definitely no way i'm just uh to... If, if I didn't have to, I definitely wouldn't do it. It's been great. Cheers.
0: Thank you. Cheers. So thank you so much to our listeners for listening to this episode today. As I've some really exciting guests coming on and I'm very excited to see the podcast grow even more. It would be great if you could follow us on Instagram and Twitter and soon we'll be launching TikTok as well. where we will be posting some, some easy beginner's guide but we also post all our exciting updates across social media so I'll see you next time in two weeks bye